The bank doesn't care that, you know, you have this long-winded story of, you know, why you need this house. They they care, do you have enough income? Is your credit good? You know, any liens or, you know, judgments, blah, 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 blah. So we, we try to be that, be like that with respect to, um, to screening a tenant. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is Peter Tverdov. He is a property manager, real estate broker, and he owns a construction company. And today we're digging into property management, why it's important for real estate investors. Should you use a property manager? Spoiler alert, yeah, you probably should. And and I'm always talking about that on this podcast. I'm always talking about that with the smaller property owners who I know, because really we're going to dig into the reasons why, the values that property managers can offer you in your business and so much more. But really think about your time, think about the value of your time and look for the best person to run the business so that you can work on your business, not in your business. That's so important. Work on your investments. Don't work in your investments. Focus on what's important to you, how you can best optimize your time and focus on your why. So many great lessons in this one. We also dig into the construction aspect of his business, the value that offers to his business's clients and so much more. The state of the market, a lot of things going on in this one. So a lot of great lessons. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate, specifically multifamily and self-storage properties through my company, NT Capital. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, and would like to learn about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, schedule a call with me, and I'll look forward to speaking with you soon. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest today is Peter Tverdov. Today, we're digging into property management, what property managers can add to you and your business and your life as a rental property owner and so much more. We use property managers for all of our investments. Our properties are frankly way too big to use anybody other than a professional property manager. And it's great to not have to handle that day to day and to be able to focus on growing, to be able to focus on what's important to us in life and not have to spend our time running the properties. Yeah, we have to pay somebody else, but the value far exceeds the cost. Without any further ado, here we go with Peter. Peter, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. For our listeners out there who don't know about you, your business and your background, can you tell us about yourself and what you're doing up there in New Jersey? Sure. Uh, so I'm the owner of Tverdorf Housing. We are a real estate company headquartered in New Brunswick, New Jersey. We do uh, sales, rentals, and construction for our clients. Uh, we've been doing that, gosh, for about eight years. Just have had a lot of fun doing it and, and growing the company. So happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. And there's a few things that we can dig in here, dig into here today. And first, I want to get started with being a property manager and say the principles around property management. I think we'll probably get to some of the construction aspects of the, your business uh, down the road a little later in our conversation. But I think a lot of real estate investors out there are very tempted with their first rental, their first couple of rentals to say, 
hey, property manager is going to cost me some money. I think I can probably handle this and I'm going to do it myself. My opinion is that that's a big mistake, but they also need to know how to evaluate a property manager and all of those things. So let's dig into some of the principles of being a property manager and running a property management business. Sure. So one of the, I mean, there's many things, but one of the first things um, I would say for us is professionalism. You, you want to have somebody who's professional, who understands the job, you know, who's responsive, who's going to communicate with you. And to back up a little bit, I, I started my real estate investing career in 2014. And the reason why I started the property management business was I didn't really know of anyone good enough or trust anyone to to manage. So, you know, we, I just started to do it for other people and kind of grew and grew and grew and grew. And, you know, today we, we manage about 250 doors, a lot of it's scattered site portfolio type stuff in New Jersey. But it, it's a challenging role because, uh, especially depending on the state you're investing in, like in New Jersey, the laws are constantly changing. So for example, in, in late July, they, they released a new lead-based paint law for rentals. And, uh, you know, we haven't sent it out yet to our clients, but we're in the process of gathering information. And, and long story short, you're going to need to certify that your property is lead free before you, you rent it out to somebody. Wow. Or, or it's like every three years, like we're still digesting the law. So you, you need to have people on your investing team to help you with things like this. Like same thing with, with evictions, like the proper way to evict is going to, it's going to differ. So there's a lot of little things you could get tripped up on. Um, and then the, the biggest thing to think about with property management is how much you value your time, you know, because I, 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 under, I fully understand, appreciate people wanting to manage themselves. Maybe if you have nothing better to do, then <laughs> totally get it. But if you value your time, if you have a full-time job, if you have little kids, like, do you want to be dealing with a tenant who's giving you drama on a Saturday afternoon, or do you want to watch your kids soccer game? You know, those are, those are decisions that people don't think about, but we try to explain that to them in, in the process. Absolutely. Another big one that I see individual property owners who are managing their own properties get in trouble with frequently are things like fair housing laws that they don't really understand. They don't understand the nuances, particularly when it comes to like emotional support animals. If you spend some time on the bigger pockets forum, there seem to always be posts about people who got caught breaking the law because they didn't understand the nuances of the laws around service animals and, and what you have to do both nationally and, and locally. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I actually personally took a, a class on that because the guidance is very vague and we like train our property managers on that. And, like we have policies in place, pet policies, and like you need to have these things in place because I mean, there, there's, there's just so much liability with pets, for example, especially with dogs. Like you should probably have breed restrictions in place if you don't, right? Like how many insurance companies out there do you think are going to cover your pit bull or the tenant's pit bull that bit the mailman or bit somebody walking down the street, walking their little dog, which by the way, happened to a friend of mine, like oh, a month man. ago. And the land, you know, like, so it's just, it's like things like that, that are um, constantly changing and evolving. So it, it certainly keeps us on our toes as property managers. And as an owner, like you just, you need to be aware of that. Even things that are like, a, you know, that go in leases or there's just, again, it varies by state, but I can't speak for every state, but there's just a lot of things that you need to be aware of uh, if you're going to be managing your, your own property. It does. Yeah, definitely varies by state. And, you know, the guidance is vague and it does seem to be kind of ever changing, especially when it comes to the nuanced aspects of, of that. And, you know, another big part of this is tenant screening. I think professional property managers tend to do a better job of screening tenants in general. Let's dig into that a little bit and, and how you'll handle that. Yeah. So, I mean, we, um, 
I, it, one piece of advice I, I, I would give to anybody is one of the biggest things we use for tenant screening is can the person follow directions, right? I'm talking very simple directions. Like, like if I'm a leasing agent, you know, hey, John Doe, um, you're booked for Friday at three o'clock. Please just text me an hour before to confirm you're coming. And if nobody texts me, like, well, that's a very simple instruction to follow. It doesn't mean they're going to get rejected on their application, but like just things like, like basically like not being fought throughout the application process is a good thing. When people are constantly fighting about everything, it's like, no, maybe you're not the best fit. Like maybe, maybe we're not for you. Like maybe you want to go somewhere else. So you, you want to make sure people are following directions. Don't listen to, to sob stories. Those are nothing but red flags. Um, it, you know, it, it's, to me, it's no different than applying for a loan at a bank with respect to getting emotionally attached. Like the, the bank doesn't care that, you know, you have this long-winded story of, you know, why you need this house. They, they care. Do you have enough income? Is your credit good? You know, any liens or, you know, judgments, blah, 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 blah. So we, we try to be that with respect to screening a tenant. Uh, and that's another thing you have to be careful of as a, uh, as an owner operator, there's a lot of fair housing laws you could, you, know, you could trip up on and, you know, you have to, if, if they require it, you have to give them a copy of their credit report, for example. So there's just, um, there's just a lot of different things that you need to know when you're investing in property. Absolutely. So for the landlords out there who are managing their own properties and deciding not to use property managers, employee property managers in their business, I think a big mismatch is the conversation around price versus value. Everything has a price and everything should have a value and everybody's running that calculation in their head with all the decisions that we make. And in this case, I think the mismatches, obviously, I think the price outweighs the value that a property manager can offer in their business. What do you say to the folks out there who don't see the value quite as much uh, for themselves, for their small you know, handful of rental property portfolio? feel sorry for them. One of the most important things I think a human can do is understand the value of their time. And I pound that into everyone's head that works for me. Time value is extremely, extremely important to me. And, uh, you know, from our perspective, like we, for a living, like I, my company, we make people wealthy through real estate investing, period. We have made clients hundreds of thousands of dollars based on the way we've been able to manage property. Is that worth a couple hundred bucks a month? You tell me. <laughs> yes. But like, not everybody sees like that. They just, you know, they, they think we're a cost versus a value. And like, to me, we're, you know, property managers in a lot of ways, similar to other service professionals, like an accountant, like an attorney, like, do you, do you look for the cheapest attorney? Do you look for the cheapest accountant? You know, like, like you get what you pay for in life. So, um, you know, you just have to, and like, don't get me wrong. Like there's, there's bad property managers out there for sure. Again, that's why I started my company, but you have to understand and appreciate when somebody's good at their job, they need to be compensated for that. And they should be. There's nothing wrong with that. So there's the there may be the thought of uh, not seeing where the value lies and, and only seeing the, well, hey, they slap the tenant in there, they collect the rent every month, and they take a, a hit out of it. But there's a lot more to you know, managing a property. So what are some of those other aspects that you, you know, bring well, to the table? Yeah. So let me, let me give you just to back up for a minute. Let me give you an sure. example. So, you know, so like, cause you know, our, our BDM deals with this now, but uh, which business development manager, for those who don't know, it's mm -hmm. like a, a, our person, our business who's in charge of bringing a new business. So they'll talk to, to landlords who are like, well, you know, I could go down to my house, change the water heater. That's I could do that myself. Or I could go, you know, I could go change the lock. I could go show the house. And, you know, when I used to do it, I'd, that's great. I understand. I didn't know you, you work for free. I didn't know you're, you're, 
time value was zero. Like every, <laughs> every time you get in that car, that costs money, mm-hmm. right? Like you could either be getting in the car, showing the house, oops, the person didn't show up, right? And that, or you could be, I don't know, whatever your hobby is. You could be out hunting, you could be jet skiing, you could be with your, your husband or wife, you could be with your kids. So like, that's what people need to understand is like, is this really worth my time? And when you break it down monthly, you see the cost, like the answer is no, it's, it's not worth my time. Let the professionals handle what they're supposed to handle and let, let me, the investor, go look for more deals and, and go look for investors and, and grow my portfolio and, and focus on more important things. So to, to answer your question about what else property managers do, I mean, they're going to help you find tenants. They're going to help you screen tenants. Now, it depends on the management contracts, but in our contract, if there's a vacancy, we don't make money. And some property managers, even if it's vacant, they still get paid, which I don't think I will ever do because what's <laughs> my incentive to fill the property? Right. So if that property's vacant, we're not making money. Our occupancy rate usually is like 96, 97% across the board. You know, and it, it's, it's very important that we keep the rentals filled. It's very important to know the different housing codes in each town or each city, like those can change, like, or, or each state, like some, you know, like in New Jersey or uh, houses three units and up, they require a five-year inspection. In ABC town, they require a, a new inspection every time a tenant turns over, but in the other town, they only need a fire inspection. So those are, th- as an investor, those are things you need to know if you're going to be investing in different towns. And a lot of people don't know this, like we find when we onboard new, new clients and we ask them for a copy of a certificate of occupancy or a fire certificate or whatever it is like, huh? We don't have that. We're like, Oof, okay, <laughs> don't worry about it. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll fix this and we'll, uh, we'll help you avoid a fine and kind of get you compliant with the town. So those are just a few things that people need to know. Yeah, absolutely. There's there, the fine points are really, I think where people get caught and busy professionals with a rental portfolio really tend to miss out on those things because they're busy with other stuff. They got family, they have a job and, you know, they, it's not their focus, really. Exactly. So we also discussed the the construction aspect of your your business and how it's separate and all those things. But I really like to bring that into our conversation about what a property manager can bring to the table. Because investors, when they're getting started or trying to get into a new area, need to build a team. They might need to add value to a property that they're buying, fix it up, those kinds of things. And I think a property manager who can bring that to the table has additional, you know, extra value. So but tell us about the uh, development, the construction part of your business. Yeah. So that kind of started because, um, you know, we, we've just had properties that need to be upgraded and like, I, I knew who to hire and I started to, you know, do all the work and order all the material and blah, blah, blah. And then I made $0 at the end and the client got a new bathroom. And after a while, I was like, I should be making money doing this. Like, <laughs> True. Yeah. It's just, so today what we do is we only do it for our clients. So if we have any realtors in the brokerage where the client's buying or selling, they need to upgrade the house, we could, we could quote and do the work. And for the properties we manage, we actually grade them at least once a year, A through F. And we basically do not want any Ds or Fs. So, you know, we try to get the Ds to Cs or Bs, the Fs to, to a C, you know, sometimes a C is to an A, you know, depending on how extensive we want to get with the rehab, but the clients love it because it's, again, it's like the same company that they're working with that does the property management that also does the construction and already having a property management background, we're, we're renovating a lot of multifamilies. So it like we, when we're doing it, well, if we're doing like gut renovations, which we keep doing more and more of, it helps a lot 
having somebody with property management background, I'll give you an example. We gutted um, like a, a mixed use building two years ago, and we wound up moving the uh, electric panel to the upstairs apartment. Because what happens if it's nine o'clock at night and somebody's got too much plugged in and poof, right? The power goes off and they don't have access to the basement because the user downstairs is gone for the day. Now they're calling the property manager, whining and crying that, you know, oh, their power went out, this is unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. It's like, to avoid all that, like we moved the panel upstairs. And that, I mean, that's just one example, but we do a lot of things like that. Or when we're helping the client to, to renovate, we'll say, listen, you don't have laundry in here. Why don't you put a stackable washer and dryer? Like that's going to add value to the property. Tenants want it. So it, it's things like that. And it's been very, um, it's been, like our, our clients love it. It's been very complimentary. Um, they, you know, for the most part, like there's a lot of positive feedback. So, and, and it's something I, you know, I personally enjoy doing. I, I'm also a licensed general contractor. So I, I, I check the work and I make sure we're doing things the right way. So it's overall, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, it's great to see a property go from, needing work to a finished product and, you know, have a hand in, in fixing it up. It's really awesome to see that kind of thing and, and very gratifying. So this idea of ranking your, the, the properties that you manage from, they're grading them from A to F and you want to have any D's, and, D's or F's. I think that's brilliant. Can you tell us more about what goes into that grading process? Yeah. So we, we sit down with all of our property managers and you know, they each have a portfolio of the business that we, that they manage. And we just, we say, you know, we, okay, guys, one, two, three main street. What do you think? B. Okay. Four, five, six main street. What do you think? D. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. And, and now it's to the point when we're onboarding clients, if they have D's or F's, we tell them straight out, like in a nice way, we're like, dude, this is a dumpy place. Like you got to renovate this. We could help you do it. If you don't want to, we're not the company for you because mm-hmm. a lot of it's liability too. Like when like, I, I understand everybody wanting to own property where you can value add, blah, 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 blah. But you actually have to add the value. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just keep trying to squeeze blood out of a stone because you're buying properties with, you know, galvanized pipe or maybe they have knob and tube or, you know, I don't know, maybe they have asbestos in there or whatever. And like that stuff needs to be fixed. So we, we started doing that like a year and a half ago. And uh, we also, honestly, we also grade our clients. And if we get like property and clients that are like, it's just, and, and then we also grade how hard it is or easy it is to lease the property. So if we're getting stuff that's FFF, like that's it. Like we'll tell them like, listen, we could sell this house for you, but otherwise like, I don't think this is a match anymore. Like you don't want to upgrade it. It's too hard to rent. So, and it's worked very well. Um, and. You know, I suggest people do that with their own portfolios, like rate them. Like, am I really making money on this house? Am I really making money on this apartment building that I'm buying? Or is this just fantasy land where I think I'm making money? (laughs) So this idea of basically firing clients, I think is important for any business. When you decide you find that somebody's not a, a good decision for the, the numbers, the dollars and cents of your business or for your reputation, if you spend enough time on local forums, like the local uh, subreddit we have here in, in Richmond, where I live, you see all the time people talking about property managers, so-and-so property manager is terrible. They're not fixing up my property. But a lot of the time, they might be managing that property for somebody else who owns it. And the person who owns it is deciding, I don't want to make this repair. But the person who's da- whose reputation is damaged is the property manager. And it sounds like you're getting out in front of that. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say is, 
it's a tough business to be in because yeah. every day you're basically getting punched in the face by somebody. <laughs> either, you know, either the tenant's punching you in the face complaining and then you, you make the tenant happy and then the owner's punching you in the face complaining that you spent too much money. So what I would tell people is you have to find somebody that you trust, but once you trust them, like let them do their job. Like that's why you hired them. And if you don't think they're capable, then cut the cord. You know, it's, it's, it's like anything else. But uh, if you find some, like a property management company that's good, they're going to be worth their weight in gold. Because guess what? Like when, when one of their clients wants to sell, they're probably going to notify you about it before that even hits the market. Gonna be, or, or they're going to hear about, hey, like, you know, I know this, you know, this apartment building that's for sale, this four units that's for sale, this development that's for sale, whatever it is. Like you, and like we do that with a lot of our clients. Like stuff doesn't even hit the MLS. Our clients are... The, or, or, you know, we, we, that's nothing we do every year. We reach out to our clients like, Hey, I just want to know, what are you thinking for 2022? Do you looking to buy more? You want to sell some, you stay in Pat. And then based on that feedback, we'll list some of their houses or we'll help them buy. We've helped clients do 1031 exchanges. So, you know, this is why, um, this is why I am confident about our business because I, like I've seen the results that people get. And, um, you, again, you just, if you find someone good, you trust them, you let them do their thing. And then it's just, it's a partnership like anything else. Yeah, it's a real estate in particular, especially in the the smaller deal space. There's so much that happens, quote, if you will, behind closed doors where there's a, there are those conversations between an owner and a property manager where the guy might say, yeah, I think I want to sell this year. Well, Peter, you might know somebody who wants to buy that property and is willing to pay a reasonable price. And that, again, might not even hit the MLS, but that just because that new buyer knew you ahead of time, you knew what they wanted, they got first crack at that deal. And exactly. network is so important in real estate. Exactly. So before we move on to the last part of the show, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up construction costs, material costs have been all over the place over the last couple of years. How has that impacted your business on the you know construction side and getting things done, like availability, prices, it's everything. It's impacted all of us in some way. Yeah, what, what I would tell people is um, ha- having a couple of years experience now as a contractor, this is, this is just like something I hope everybody does. When you go to talk to your contractor again, and there's, they've been working on the job and something's wrong, the first thing you need to do is say, is say, hey, blank, like the place looks great, but I see that, you know, this is missing, that's missing. Do you mind just taking care of that? Instead, all the contractor here hears is this is wrong. That's wrong. like no acknowledgement of all the hard work they've been mm. doing. And the, you know the labor market keeps tightening. It's harder and harder to find labor. So like what I'm saying is like people need to to appreciate that you know people are willing to to hang sheetrock and frame and and do tile and do trim work because these are these are skilled trades. To answer your question, I mean everything's gone up in price. Everyone is busy. Everyone and you. You have to understand, like, especially in this market, if you if you're able to find somebody who's able to work like tomorrow, like I don't know, that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not booked. So, so for example, like we're booked like four or five months out for construction projects. Um, and I've turned some down. And one, unfortunately, I, I had to back out of on a client of mine, no less. It's a huge job, but the project kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And it it, it smacked in the middle of like three other projects. I just told him outright, I said, I, I can't do this. It was supposed to start in January. It's June now. It's just <clears throat> it was unfortunate. So you have to understand going in, there's going to be delays. Things are going to be expensive. It's not people trying to rip you off. It's just the nature of the business. We uh, we have a house we're knocking down in September. I ordered the windows in May. Uh, we still don't have them yet. Oh, wow. You know, and we're recording this, you know, almost like beginning of August. 
So it's things like that. Like people just have to understand going in and to be patient and just understand everything's more expensive. It's like inflation is real. Labor inflation is also real. So um, it's it's made construction uh, more challenging. And with the Fed raising rates, we'll see. I mean, hopefully that cools off a little bit so things become a little bit back to normal. But, you know, we'll see what the future holds, obviously. Very, uh, you know, snafu situation. But I think you're, if I read a little deeper into your response and and highlight something that I think is very interesting is that your initial focus in the response was more on the people than on the stuff. It's more on the relationship with the contractor than on, yeah, we got around to, we haven't been able to get those windows, but your first focus in the response was, we want to keep the the people happy. We want to find the the best people for the job, but the you know the materials in a certain sense kind of are what we are, are are what they are, and we have to deal with that aspect of the situation. If I can, real estate is a relationship business, so mm-hmm. it's just like with your property manager. You find a good property manager, you treat them right, you see them business. I mean, we have electricians that have been with us since the beginning, plumbers that have been with us forever. You know, framers like we find good people, we we treat them right. Like we, we make sure they're getting paid on time. We don't try to nickel and dime them and like, and, and like cut them down after a while. Like if you're using the same guy five times, you shouldn't be trying to negotiate after a while. You just, <laughs> I know what your price is. Like that's it. Cause, cause honestly from the contractor's perspective, it's like, Jesus, I built like how much work have I done for this guy? He's still trying to like what I can't make money too. So, you know, just it, 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 in real estate just comes to treating people right. And if you do that, you're going to get everything back tenfold. I love it. I love it. And people, you got to think about what's your uptime worth. If I go for somebody that's, you know, we got to think about the the whole picture, not just saving a little bit on our you know, plumbing bill or, or whatever. And if we have a good guy who's going to do a good job, it's not going to have to be reworked or anything like that, then that definitely has plenty of value. I love it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. The first step to growing your wealth is tracking your wealth, income, spending, and everything else about your finances. You can start tracking your wealth for free and get six free months of wealth advisory with personal capital by going to escapingwallstreet.com and using our link. Create your free account today and automate the way you track your money. Personal capital is my preferred way to track my finances, and now we're making that available for listeners. Terms and conditions apply. See the personal capital website for details. Once again, to get the offer, go to escapingwallstreet.com and use our link. Back to the show. All right, Peter, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? I would say hopefully my family, honestly. And I do that through real estate, through my business. But at the end of the day, it's all for, you know, it's for my family to, you know, to leave a legacy to them and to be able to spend time with them and go places with them. And that's, that's kind of the, the why, why I do it. Absolutely. I think people in real estate in particular are, they, they have a really strong understanding of the importance of your why, because real estate's a, a hard thing to do when you're getting into it. And you have to have a strong motivation to carry you through the, the tough times. So I love that. So we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? I mean, thankfully, all my real estate investments have been good. The worst investment, honestly, I made was uh, in getting a coach this year. Uh, Yeah, like basically like, you know, it's like to grow my business and like I paid thousands of dollars and the message was cold call till you're blue in the face. Like I figured that out within like a week. I was just like, what am I doing on this? Um, So, you know, I, but you know what? It did help me 
because then I wound up hiring a full-time person to do something like that. And then I got coaching for them. So it kind of turned a negative into a positive, but that was a, that was a complete waste of money on my end. <laughs> well, sometimes we learn these lessons the hard way. And if it was a few thousand bucks, then at the end of the day, it could have been worse, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's true. Learn from it and move forward. And it sounds like you did. So turn it into a positive. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Man, that's, that's a tough question. Well, you know what I tell my staff? I say, if it doesn't matter in six months, who cares? <laughs> that's good. That's good. And basically, you know, it's just like, don't take this too seriously. It's like, it's not life or death. Like if you miss out on a deal, who cares? There's another one. Like if the tenant's upset and thinks you stink, then we stink. You know, like I'm still going to try to be the best I could be. If the owner's not happy, okay, you know, like as long as you're happy and like you've done everything you can to, you know, to be the best you can at your job or your investment, like basically as long as you have peace of mind and like, who cares like what other people think, like you're happy with your performance. It's not, you know, a bad attitude, but just like, you know, if you get like, <laughs> like all, all caught up and worried about what people think, you'll drive yourself nuts. So that's why, you know, we're just like, you know, yeah. just not focusing on the short-term things, focusing on the long-term and things that really materially matter more. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Well, Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about you or your business, where can they track you down? Probably the best is on Instagram to bird off housing. We're super active on Instagram. You know, we do have a YouTube channel to bird off housing as well, which uh, you know, shows like a lot of the construction stuff we do, the, the property tours that we have. Uh, I mean, our website, tbdhousing.com. Those are the three channels where like we're the most active and people reach out to us. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.